Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. God, you're so good. If you have a Bible this morning, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 in the Passion Translation. This is our, I think this is our third, third series. It is. Third week in our pneumatology series. Does anybody remember what pneumatology means? Hey, there you go. The study of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're, we are talking about the Holy Spirit because um, June 5th, yeah, June 5th was the uh, anniversary of the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit was poured out upon man. Amen. While you're turning there, while you're getting there, I, I've seen this dad joke. And it's Father's Day, so see, I get to tell dad joke. I get to tell dad joke with my brand new cup. This is one of my favorite shows. It's The Mandalorian. It says, this is the way. And uh, the first time I watched that show and they said, this is the way, I'm like, Jesus is the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the church kid in me. I could find Jesus and everything. Them shoes. Hey, they... Them shoes got stripes, <laughs> just like the stripes that was on his back. I mean, you asked Kelsey, we was coming this morning on the way to church. Oh, I was getting it. I was feeling it, feeling I was taking anything and everything and preaching about it. Oh, man. And eventually she was to the point, to the point where we're driving down the curvy road and I was spilling her coffee. She's like, hey, you got to, you gotta, uh, she said, you're spilling my, you're spilling your tea, you're spilling the whatever. And I said, girl, <laughs> I ain't spilling it. That's just the overflow. <laughs> I'm like, keep on throwing them at me. I'm like, keep pushing them out, you know. <laughs> yeah, she said, she, said, she said, we got it. You're plugged in and you're charged up. And I said, yes, I'm plugged in and charged up because his spirit lives in me. And, you know, so I, I was ready. But I, saw, I seen this dad joke earlier, which was uh, as soon as I said amen and I heard everybody say amen, it triggered it. So, see, so you did this. But, uh, um you know, uh, this person said, you know, how come we, uh, we, never, uh, we never say a woman at the end of the prayers or in the songs? We always say amen. And the person's like, I don't know why. And he said, because they're hymns, not hers. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm say that for Father's Day. Father's Day. So Romans chapter 8, <laughs> verse 1 in the Passion Translation. That's funny because we was recorded all that, so hallelujah. Um, Paul's the one, the Apostle Paul wrote, is the one that wrote Romans chapter 8. Now, I will tell you this, the main thing that we're going to be talking about today is the Holy Spirit empowers us to live our life as sons and daughters of God. That's the main thing for today. The Holy Spirit empowers, and you can make it personal, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live as a son or a daughter of God. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live as a son or daughter of God. You know, we said it, we said it last week, but the scripture that we read last week, literally Jesus said that the Holy Spirit was the fulfillment of the Father's desire. You know, I gave that analogy about how we ate at Monel's and they kept bringing levels and levels of food and how it kept getting better and better and better to the point by the final round, like it was stuff that I had never seen before. You know, Jesus was saying literally that, okay, you think all that we've done here at the cross and all the miracles and all these, you think that's great? Yes, but it's all pointing to the Spirit coming and living, making his home within us. Amen? Amen. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to live our life as sons and daughters of God. And with that, I said it earlier, but with that comes a level of freedom. With that comes a level of freedom that religion, that traditions, that self-effort, and that... Um, and that uh, nor performance could ever produce in your life. By the Holy Spirit empowering us to live as sons and daughters of God, that comes with a level of freedom that religion, tradition, self-effort, nor performance could ever produce in your life. This level of freedom only comes by the law of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. With that said, Paul said in verse 1 of Romans chapter 8, you've heard it before, but he said this. He says, so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Can we stay right there for a minute? One translation says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who love the Lord. Does anybody love the Lord this morning? Amen. Can I get a show of hands if you love Jesus? 
Well, guess what? If you love Jesus, there's no more condemnation. The accusing voice is silent. There's no accusing voice. And watch this. There's no truth in what the accusing voice says. The Bible, one of the, one of the names for the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's a, he, okay, you know, those, those things that always get brought up our past that, that you know, who's, who's the one bringing up your past? It's not God. Papa's not in heaven trying to remind you of your past in order for you to serve him better. The Holy Spirit's not the one trying to remind you of your past in order for you to be more loyal. No. The devil's the one trying to bring up your past in order to get you to be more burdened down, in order to get you to not trust in the Lord. And if you're not trusting in the Lord, you're not going to the Lord. If you're not going to the Lord, you're relying on yourself. And if you're relying on yourself, you are chasing your tail. You know, there's there on my route. I I, I cracked up yesterday, but the, uh, there's this one house that uh, I, I I've never really gotten out at that house before. They never get packages, and uh, you know, I get out or whatever, and they got one of the dogs. He's like oh, just barking. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. So I get out and I stand up, and as soon as I take my first step, oh, 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 it runs off, and of course I start laughing. I was like, oh, oh, I'm like, wow. I start feeling myself a little bit. I'm like, oh, oh. You don't want none of this. You know, walking up to the door, I'm like, eh, hey, hey. You know, he, you get, he's already gone to the backyard, but he's staring at me. But he's, he is scared of me. But as soon as I get in the car and peel off, that's when he comes. Arr! I'm like, yeah. I said, you bark all you want to, man. Don't make me pull this car back around. You know, I'm playing with him at this point. And as I'm driving off, I start thinking about, man, that's what the devil's like. The devil, the devil loves to, to bark and remind you of who, you, uh, of, of who you're not. But the moment that you can stand on your two feet in the image of God, no more condemnation. No more condemnation. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit to remind you of who you are, of whose you are, of the one that purchased you, the one that, the one that you were created in the image of. Amen. I love that. I'm going to read it one more time, then we'll go to verse 2, I promise. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life. What's that word? Union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. In verse 2 in the, in, the, uh, in the mirror translation, I want you to listen to this. It says this, the law of the Spirit is the liberating force of life in Christ. Remember how I said if we can trust in the Holy Spirit, there's going to be a level of freedom that comes with that. Literally, the law of the Spirit is the liberating force, liberating, freedom, freeing. It's the force that frees us in Christ. This leaves me with no further obligation to the law of sin and death. Spirit has, spirit, the Holy Spirit has supersede the sin in slave senses as the principal law of our lives. Listen to this. The law of the Spirit is righteousness by faith versus the law of personal effort in self-righteousness, which produces condemnation and spiritual death, which is the fruit of the DIY tree, the do-it-yourself tree. So, you know, we've said it earlier, but the, you know, the I am not tree, you know, it consists of self-effort. It consists of, you know, the, when it comes to uh, the, the do-it-yourself tree, I love how that translation refers to the law of sin and death or the, the law of progress as the do-it-yourself tree. Well, you know, I, I, I know the Lord's, the Lord's called me to this. The Lord's called me to that. The Lord's going to, God is so good. I, you know, I, I just got to do this. That. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a read more chapters or I'm going to pray more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And we become members of the club called the DIY the do-it-yourselfers. Now, see, I, I'm one that I don't really like HGTV because it reminds me of it, it's several reasons. One, there's, there's action movies. Let's watch an action movie. Let's, let's watch the world almost about to get, you know, demolished. But then comes the hero, cause, you know, and then we can preach off of that, you know, because Jesus is the hero that's, you know. But, but I, so that's one of the reasons I don't like to watch HGTV. The other reason is because I see a project, and then I'm like, I'm fearful. And I see, as a kid, I would see dad have the same logic. And as an adult, I'm like, I understand it now, which was, hey, what are y'all trying to give my wife an idea for? Now, where we're, we're with them right now, you can be like, well, Lindsay, you don't have to worry. No, I do, because eventually we will move out, and she can, she can have a, a, a memory bank or, or a list. If she's like me, she'll have a list of these different things. Now, 
Now, yes, Pinterest board. Okay, Lisa, well, now that we have our own place, let's, no, let's not. Let's not. We are not DIYers. I'm not a DIYer. I'm a sitter. You know, I sit, I watch, I observe, and then you go do that, and I'm just going to camp out with what we got here. I'm good. If it ain't broke, we don't need to add on, all right? <laughs> if it ain't broke, you know, if we make it good with the three bedrooms, we don't need to add another room. We're okay. We're okay. You know, life is good. <laughs> we don't need a she shed, you know. We don't need one. If, if you want one, you know, then you, you go make that happen. I don't want to build one. You go make it happen. But, you know, the, the, yeah, thank you, Granny. <laughs> but I love how uh, this translation refers to the law of sin and death as, um, as the, uh, the law of personal effort and self-righteousness, which produces condemnation. So a lot of our condemnation comes from the pressure that we placed on ourselves. You know, yes, the devil, uh, the devil will accuse. He is the accuser of the brethren, but at the end of the day, the devil has no power. All the devil can do is bark. In fact, Peter referred to the devil as a roaring lion. Now, you know, I remember as a kid, I still, I would, I would still be like, oh, he's a roaring lion. But it wasn't until I went to college that I began to understand that statement. And in that statement, in that context, what a roaring lion is, a roaring lion is a lion that's pretty much on its last leg. And the only thing that the lion has left is his roar because he's not fast enough. He's not strong enough. He's not quick enough and he's not sharp enough. But see, what science has proven that the roar of a lion, of a lion is, enough to, is enough to cause an animal to freeze out of pure, pure frighten. I mean, you, you bring a lion in here, hey, roar, what you gonna do? <laughs> you go, oh, geez. It's like when we went to the Memphis Zoo and, the, and just the lady lion, this is Father's Day, but we'll give the ladies a shout out. The lady lion, the female lion looked at me, I, I froze. She didn't roar, she just looked, I was like, oh, Jesus. I forgot that there was bars in front of us. I was just like, Lord, if this is how I'm going to go out. Search my heart. <laughs> you know? But science has proven that the roar of a lion can cause their prey to freeze. And Peter referred to the devil as a roaring lion. Why? Because he has no power. All he has is the illusion of power. All he has is the, is the illusion of, you know, trying to make you feel like you're less than because he brings up your past or trying to make you feel like you're less than because you don't have this or you're not as far as you thought you wanted to be or you've lost this person or this person has said this and therefore you're having to deal with the re he, he The illusion, that's all he can do is, is build up the illusion. Build up the illusion. But on top of that, not just him, but a lot of our condemnation comes from our own self-effort. It comes from us trying to do things ourselves. Amen. Instead of DIYers, I don't even know what the acronym would be, but we need to become reliers. There we go. Instead of DIYers, it's not, it don't sound that great, but anyways, instead of becoming DIYers, we need, we need to become reliers on the Lord. Amen. We rely on the Spirit. We need to be, we need to literally be the embodiment of Acts 1728 that says that we live, we move, we have our being in him. To the point that when somebody asks, how are you able to do that, man? I'm, I'm in God. I'm in Jesus, and he's the one that helps me do this. Amen? Amen. Let's look at verse 3 and 4 in the Passion Translation. Verse 3, Paul says, For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish, because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent his Son in human form to identify with human weakness, clothed with humanity, God's son, gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now, if, can, we, can we go back to verse three? I just, I want you to look at this right here. It says, God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. Never said that God could condemn Adam and Eve. Never said that God could condemn, that God want, that his desire was to condemn the sinner. Why? Because he recognized the root of the problem wasn't us. It was the power of guilt and shame and sin. Why? Because he's a loving God. And he's able to look through the facade. He's able to look through all the outward things and penetrate and look, okay, what, what's, what's, the, what's the reason behind all this? 
Investigate my heart. Search my heart. What does verse 4 say? So now a, every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one, living his life at us. And we are free. Somebody say free. free. We are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by, this is good, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about studying the Holy Spirit. We are free to, to live. How are we supposed to live? Live by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. See, my, 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 cell phone, my cell phone, it lives by the power of the battery. If the battery isn't charged up, it's no, it's no use. Your phone, it lives by the power of the battery. Without the battery, it's no use. This is very simple logic, but without the Holy Spirit, we should be nothing. We should be not, we, 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 should, we shouldn't be able to be like, okay, well, I, I, you know, I, I can handle it myself. I can manage it myself. No, no, no. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I need the Holy Spirit helping me to work my job. I need the Holy Spirit helping me to be a parent. I need the Holy Spirit helping me drive my car and stay alert. I need the Holy Spirit to show me which items to pick at the grocery store. I need the Holy Spirit to show me how to, to pit the, the right gas stations, to go to the right gas station that has the right type of fuel. I need the Holy Spirit to, I mean, I mean there's the, the list is limit, is endless. The question is, how much of the list are we going to give to the Holy Spirit? Or we're going we're gonna to hold on to certain things on the list. Well, I can handle this myself. That's one of my big, that's, as an as a Enneagram 5, that's one of my biggest uh, guilty sins, which is fives love to handle things on their own. We'll be at the house, mom or Drea, Kelsey, what, anybody. Hey, you want me to help? No, nah, I got it. I'm good, bro. I'm, if I needed it, you'd, you'd know. But how much of the list are we going to hold on to? And say, okay, God, well, you can have this, but right here, I got this, Lord. I, I got this. I'm a, Lord, I'm going to do you a solid. I got this. I can handle it. God doesn't need, <laughs> you can't do God a solid. You can't do the creator of heaven and earth a solid. You can't, you can't be like, well, Lord, I'm going to take this off your plate. No. <laughs> He's like, uh, uh, run that back. Let me help. My spirit is in you, the great comforter, the great helper. Jesus called him the great helper. The great, he didn't say, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a comforter. He said, no, I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the helper. Which means that all other don't measure up to him. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> but we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. So we should, every day, we should be, okay, Holy Spirit, are you, uh, I need you to empower me to do this thing. Holy Spirit, I need you. Better yet, make, make it personal. Lord, I need you to empower me not to say the wrong thing. You ever get around those people where they, they just rile you up and you're like, ooh, boy. My heart's saved, but my hands ain't. You don't want this. Lord, you don't want they. Lord, tell them. There's been times I've, I've even prayed, Lord, tell them right now. They may not be saved, but send them an angel to let them know they don't want this. Lord, let them know. Let them know that I can, I can Peter cut an ear off if I need to. Nah, I, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's just, that's me barking. That's me barking. And then when the moment comes, I'm like, you know, oh, well, you know. Might, might run to the backyard. But Lord, Holy Spirit, empower me not to say the wrong thing. Holy Spirit, empower me not to walk in my flesh. That's, that should be our prayer. Holy Spirit, empower me not to walk in my flesh. Holy Spirit, empower me not to be jealous. Empower me not to covet. Mm, that's a hard one. Holy Spirit, empower me not to compare myself uh, to others. Holy Spirit, empower me not to look at somebody else's marathon and then compare my life and dwindle it down. Holy Spirit, empower me not to get on social media and see what everybody else is doing and then judge myself accordingly. Holy Spirit, empower me to look at my life and say, okay, well, it, it, it doesn't measure up because I thought I was going to be this far. No, no, no. Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, empower me. I love how it says the dynamic power, dunamis power. That's what we were taught in school, the Holy Spirit, dunamis. You know what dunamis is? That's where we get the word dynamite. The Holy Spirit is impactful. The question is, are we allowing him to impact our life? Amen. 
are we allowing him to impact our life? Verse, uh, let's, let's skip down to verse 14. We'll do 14 through 16. <clears throat> Watch this. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the what? Holy Spirit. The mature children of God, sorry. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulse of the Holy Spirit. So I love how Paul says, if you want to be a mature son of God or a mature daughter of God, it's not by uh, getting a theology degree. That's great. It's fun. It's not about you reading 20 chapters a day. It's not about you praying 50 hours a day. It's by you being moved by the Holy Spirit. Moved by the Holy Spirit. Some of, the, some of the deepest people I've ever met in my life are, are the ones that literally it feels like the, every step they took, the Holy Spirit was the one taking it through them. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulse of the Holy Spirit. This is an underrated verse, but I, I encourage you, this is something that should, we should remind ourselves, okay, am I being moved by the Holy Spirit? Because that's a sign of maturity. That's a sign of maturity. As, as an adult, we, you know, you don't give your keys. None of y'all are going to give your car keys to Cohen and say, okay, Cohen, go and drive. None of y'all are going to give your car keys to Kellen and say, okay, Kellen, go ahead and drive. Although he wants to. He wants to. You ain't going to give him to Keenan. Keenan told me the other day uh, that he couldn't wait to be a parent. And I'm like, boy. boy. <laughs> I said, I said. Well, what was the whole contents? He can't wait to be a parent so he can stay up late. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can, so he can stay up late. Uh-huh. But him and Kellen, they, they, associate every, they associate the good life that mommy and daddy have. It's because we're parents. They associate, okay, well, mommy and daddy drive because they're parents. Mommy and daddy get to stay up late because they're parents. Mommy and daddy get the thirds instead of, you know, just first and second. Mommy and daddy get the thirds. Yeah, and Hershey bars because they're parents. So their, their understanding is, you know, maturity happens when you're a parent. That's, that's the logic of our, our kids. They understand that, you know, if you're a parent, then you're mature. Bless them. And what Paul is saying, and understand that the kingdom of God, it's known as the upside down kingdom. Why? Because everything that the world says, God is like, no, no, no. You know, if you want to be first, you need to be last. And what God is saying through Paul is saying, hey, if you want to be mature, you need to let my spirit that you can't see, that you can't touch or taste. Sometimes you can barely feel them. Sometimes you may not hear them. It speaks with a whisper. You need to be led by that. If you want to be mature, if you want to grow, if you want to stand as tall as a giant, you need to be led by the wind of God. Oh. If you want to not be, uh, not be uh, twisted or taken by the illusions of the devil, you need to be led by the wind of God, led by the Ruach of God. Mm. <clears throat> Verse 15. Paul says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Somebody say, I did not not. receive the spirit of religion. religion. You didn't. Paul says this. He said, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, which leads you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up. Within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. One translation says, Abba, father. Verse 16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Can I stay right there for a minute? I'm going to read that again. For the Holy Spirit, that's who we're talking about. The Holy Spirit. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. That's the one that lives in you. What's he doing? The Holy Spirit is doing this. He makes God's fatherhood real to you. See, Kel, you, you know, as a child, we all understand that when we were children, there were, you know, when, who our parents were and the family we belonged to, it was real to us. Paul is saying that if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, then it, the, the fact that you were in fellowship, the Pericresis fellowship, should feel real to you. But the Holy Spirit makes the fatherhood real to us as he whispers 
Doesn't say as he screams. Doesn't say as he shouts. So watch this. If he's whispering, in order for you to, if, if I were to get in the car with, with Drea, and I begin, and we got the music playing, playing some of her favorite songs, playing her favorite Taylor Swift songs. I'm joking. She don't like Taylor Swift. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to see her drop her head. <laughs> if you do, it's okay. It's no shade. It's a little shade, but it's a little, it's not. <laughs> Ashley said, it's a little shade. But, you know, she could be listening to her favorite songs. And if I begin to whisper a conversation with her, what's, how is she going to be able to hear that? She's got to what? Turn the music down. So if the Holy Spirit is whispering our purpose and our identity and we don't hear it, it's because we got the loud, we, we got the rest of our life. It is too loud and we need to dial it back. We have our thoughts. Our thoughts are too loud and we need to turn them down. Our desires, we need to turn them down a little bit. Our expectations, we need to turn them down a little bit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is trying to whisper your purpose. The Holy Spirit is trying to remind you of whose you are so you don't get tricked by the enemy. The Holy Spirit is trying to remind you of how what the enemy is saying is false. Therefore, you don't fall by the accusations of, the, of what he is saying. The Holy Spirit is whispering to you that you are a son. You are a daughter of the most high, not the little high, not the medium high, the most high, meaning that he is the sovereign God. Everything checks by him. Everything checks through him. Everything falls and bows to the knee. Everything has to confess that Jesus is Lord. And that same spirit is in you, reminding you of whose you are. And he whispers this. It doesn't say that he punches a clock. No, he's constantly whispering. Just as he was constantly hovering over the darkness, hovering over the waters. Therefore, if we really wanted to, we can listen right now and feel the whispers, hear the whispers of him reminding us that we are God's beloved child. It didn't say that well, he's reminding us that you are God's child. Lindsay, well, what's the difference? Well, Kellen's my child. Watch this. Kellen's my beloved child. Kenan's my child. Well, yeah. Science. DNA test. That's proof. Kenan's my beloved child. Amen. Cohen's my child, yeah. Cohen's my beloved child. Drea's my sister. She's my beloved sister. So when you add that word beloved, it brings, it brings a level of intimacy. It brings a level of intentionality. And watch this, it brings a level that proclaims to everybody that is hearing it that you are unashamed of that person. Amen. So watch this, the Holy Spirit is reminding us that God is not ashamed of you being his son. God is not ashamed of you being his daughter. You are his beloved. John had this understanding so much that every time we see him refer to himself in his gospel, he says, and the one that, and the one that Jesus loved. What, what if you started seeing yourself that way? The, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to remind you that you are loved Amen. to the point that, well, hey, who are you? Oh, I'm Lindsay. I'm the one that the Father, Son, and Spirit love. And John, and, you know, I remember seeing that as a kid. I'd be like, well, did Jesus not love the rest of the disciples? No, he did. John just had that understanding of who he was. Who he was. One of my favorite movies, <laughs> mom, mom did not like this, but one of my favorite movies that my dad showed was this movie. I can't even remember the name of it, but it had this character called Bruce Leroy. And I remember uh, as an adult, as an adult, one time I was missing dad so much. We was living in Bristol, Tennessee. I was listening, I was, uh, and Keenan was just born. And we're at the house, and he's, it's one of those days or one of those nights where he didn't really sleep. So I took him into the, uh, the den, and I'm rocking him in the chair, turning on TV. I didn't want to watch Sports Center, so I'm flipping through the channels. And that movie is on. I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. And there's the, the bad guy. And I, I've never liked the bad guy in a movie except in this movie. Why? Because he had this one phrase, which was, what's my name? And everybody would say, show enough. And I would all, and here I am rock, trying to rock Keenan to sleep in the bag. I was like, what's my name? And I'm like, show enough. <laughs> and I wake Keenan up. I say, sorry, baby, sorry. <laughs> I say, I'll show this to you when you get older. But the bad guy wanted everybody to understand who he was. And, you know, for the most part, I don't rock with bad guys, but that logic makes sense because at the end of the day, if you're going to make it in this life, 
not just make it because you are not called just to make it. You are not just called to barely get along. I know that's been the, the, the reputation or the cadence of most of our lives, but it's got to end because at the end of the day, the Father, Son, and Spirit make our home, make their home in us, not so we can just barely get along, but so we can know that we are the show enough of God. We are the beloved child of God. I am the beloved son of God. I, my identity is wrapped in his belovedness. My identity is wrapped in the fact that he loves me regardless of what I say, what I do, regardless of how I dress, regardless of what I make, regardless of what I don't make. He loves me. I am the beloved of God. He is a good, good father. And we are loved by him. That's why that song is so powerful, because it paints the verse paints over and over all these great illusions or not illusions, but the imagery. And next thing you know, we get to the chorus. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, who you are. And you're like, what else is left? I'm going to tell you what's left. And I'm loved by him. It's who I am, who I am. Oh, man, what's left? I'm going to tell you what's left. You're perfect in all of your ways. And Lindsay, but you're talking about the Father, and we're studying the Holy Spirit. No, because they go hand in hand because the Holy Spirit reminds us of that. Especially when fathers are gone. Especially in a world where people don't step up to be dads. Especially in the world. I I didn't find this out until two weeks ago, but June is is known known for a lot of months. But one of the things is it is Men's Mental Health Month. And I'm like... Ain't that like the devil? The fact that we, the moment you think of June, you see all this other stuff that, you know, that is of the devil that the world wants us to focus on. And hidden within there, oh, we're supposed to take time to remind ourselves of, check our, our mental health, remind ourselves of our, who, who created us, our true origin. And there's nothing wrong with therapy. Please, if, if that's what you need, do it. But also make sure you are taking time to say, okay, God, you created all things and you created me. Make me healthy. It's not, it's not out of reach for him. It's not out of reach for him. And he may use a therapist or he may use how, whatever means he wants to because he's God. But we need to say, okay, Lord, I rely on your spirit. Holy Spirit, empower me to do this. Holy Spirit, empower me to hold my head up. Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, empower me. Somebody say that this morning. Say, Holy Spirit, empower me. me. Let's skip down to verses 18 through 27, and then we'll, we'll end with that. Verse 18, Paul says this. He says, I'm convinced. Somebody say convinced. You know, when I was a kid, John P. Key opened up a song. He said, I am convinced. Do y'all remember that? I am convinced, and I love it. I just thought about this. I didn't think about this. Holy Spirit reminded me of this. Paul, if you don't know anything about Paul, Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was abandoned. Paul was beaten. A lot of the, and through all that, I'll be honest. Some of us, I don't know if we can experience the same things that he did and, and be convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. So literally, Paul, as he's writing all this, he understands everything that he's been through. And he's like, I've been through a lot. And see, one of the, one of the tricks of the enemy and even traditions growing up, you know, when we go through stuff, we'll just, just pretend it's not there and just, just overlook it. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin says, no, we, gotta, we, can't, we can't throw it under the, the bed. We can't sweep it under the bed. We got we to gotta, uh, uh, embrace everything and unravel all of it. When Jesus through Paul, when God through Paul is saying, okay, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Understand that, yes, you, you may have experienced things in this life. But still, in comparison to the glory that's going to be revealed in you, it doesn't measure up. And Paul said, he said, I'm convinced that any suffering we endure, it's less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. What's verse 19 say? The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning. There's that word again, yearning. Yearning. That means your coworkers, they're yearning for you to get to that level of yearning. 
They're yearning for you to walk in freedom. Like I said on Wednesday night, freed people, free people. And bound up people, when bound up people walk in these doors, they can tell if you're bound up or if you're free. I'm not, and, and I'm not saying that if you're free, you're going to walk around with a big old neon sign that says, I'm free. Free. 24-7, 365. Free, 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 free. Free, 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 like that commercial. Free, 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 free. But freed people, they free people. Hurt people hurt people. You ever been around somebody that's hurt? All they do is spit, spew out garbage. All they do is spew out hate. Hurt people, they hurt people. But free people, hey, freed people, all they do is exuberate their freedom. And when they get around somebody that's bound up, they, hey, hey, man, what's, what's going on? Nah, man, that's, that's an illusion. That's not real. Jesus took care of that. Do you not know about that? Let me tell you about how he took care of it. And let me tell you about the new reality that we get to experience now. Amen. Freed people, they free people. So maybe that should be one of your challenges this week. Okay, Lord, you, your word says the sun sets free is free indeed. I know you freed me. You, and we could go down the list of all the, t- we could have testify, testify service and remind everybody in the room and remind ourselves of all the things that he's delivered us from. Okay, well, if he's delivered you from, go find somebody else and deliver them. Go find somebody else and share it. Literally, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our what? Testimony. Testimony. There's a lot of people in this county that need to overcome some things. And they're waiting on you to open your mouth. They're waiting on you to open your mouth. And let that freedom flow. They're waiting on you to open your mouth and let the Ruach blow out. Why? Because he's living in us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. <clears throat> For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty f- uh, futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom. You see that? All creation. Longs for freedom from slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Mm. I, don't have, I don't have any notes on that. I mean, it speaks for itself. Verse 22. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation. We're aware of wars. There's wars going on. Abroad and in our country. Abroad and domestic. There's wars for the mind of children. How children are supposed to perceive themselves. There's wars on how we are supposed to identify ourselves. There's wars on what we're supposed to permit and not permit. There's wars on what's healthy and what's not healthy. There's wars on the price of gasoline. There, I mean, you, there's, there's wars within ourselves on who we think we are and who we actually really are. There's wars overseas where people are fighting just to stay alive. There's wars where people are fighting just to, just to keep their home country. There's wars where people are fighting because they are selfish. There's, there is an agony that runs through the universe. And the universe is groaning, the, the groaning of creation as if it were in the, con, uh, the contractions of labor for childbirth. Verse 23. And it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status of God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. But this is the hope of our salvation. Watch this. This is the hope. Somebody say hope. hope. Hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. And that's hard. Who in here loves to wait? Who in here loves to go to the doctor's office? You sign in, you give them insurance, you check in on the phone, and then you sit for 45 minutes, 50 minutes. You go, to, you go up here to slow pace, yes. That's, that's, that's my Kelsey and Dre's nickname. You go up to slow pace, you know, I'm like, I don't know why they named it fast pace. It would be called slow pace. They take their time. Hey, yeah, even take their time and ask you your name, sir. 
your name. Hey, hey, come on, come on. But none of us love to wait, but here's the hope. Paul said, here's the hope, which is we must trust and wait for what is still unseen, which means there is so much more that is coming. There is so much more that is coming. There is so much more that is coming. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? Hey, baby. <laughs> Verse 25. So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. Watch this. Here we go. Verse 26 and 27. Then we're done. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit. All right. Paul's telling us the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. Can I just pause right there? I'm going to read that one more time. Let's make it personal. The Holy Spirit takes a hold of you in your human frailty to empower you in your weakness. It didn't say that the Holy Spirit takes you in your state of perfection on your good days, when you're high up, when everything's going good. No, it says it takes you even in, even in the frailty, even in the most fragile moments of your life. And he empowers you. He empowers you. Like gas to a car, like electricity to a house, like Wi-Fi to, to, to Hulu and Netflix. Like a battery to a phone. The Holy Spirit empowers you. Mm. Like Jesus on the cross for salvation. The Holy Spirit empowers you. Like children to the purpose of a parent, the Holy Spirit empowers you. Even when, even when words fail, the Holy Spirit empowers you. When people come and we people go, the Holy Spirit empowers you. When you don't, when you can't see the next step, the Holy Spirit empowers you. When you can't see the road, the Holy Spirit empowers you. When you can't see the 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 map, the Holy, when you can't hear them, when you can't see them, when you can't feel them, the Holy Spirit empowers you. Whether you are 20, 30, or 100, the Holy Spirit empowers you. Whether you're starting your life, whether you're middle of your life, or whether you are where the world says you're towards the end of your life, and that's not true, the Holy Spirit empowers you. He empowers us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray. I love this one. We don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf. Pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Next week, we'll really break that down, but pleading to God with emotional sighs. There's sometimes where you be praying and you, you, you don't even know what to say. And I, we, we've always grown up and, and the scriptures teach as well, but that's one of the great things about the prayer language of the Holy Spirit. Because I'll be honest, there's, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to parenting. I'm just going to take parenting, for example. I don't know what I'm doing. So there's been sometimes I'm like, God, I don't even, I'll just begin to start praying to the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times what happens sometimes, or a lot of times what happen, the pressure that I'm feeling that I put on myself, because no parent has entered into the room and said, Lindsay, you need a parent this way. No, it's, it's the illusion. It's the accuser of the brethren. A lot of times once I start praying in the Holy Spirit, that, 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 that accusing voice begins to silence. That accused that, and I'm reminded, oh, wait, 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 I love God. He loves me, and therefore there's no condemnation. So this condemnation that I'm experiencing, this, I, this, is, this is put on by me. This ain't real. Like Kelsey said, this is the false evidence appearing real. But also a lot of times what happened, praying the Holy Spirit do that. But then also another thing is, next thing I'll receive wisdom, because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and truth. The spirit of truth. And next thing the Holy Spirit would remind me or tell me, teach me how to... How to there was something that happened this morning. Oh yeah, there was something that happened this morning. All of a sudden, Kelly yelled. Cohen, what did he say? Cohen, Cohen, or Keenan, Keenan hit me. Keenan, Keenan spanked me. Keenan spanked me. Oh, I was like, oh, I'm trying to get ready for church. Oh. I remember just for a split second, I checked out and I said, Holy Spirit, I need you. And then, you know, the way I handled it, Kelsey was like, good job, but I'm like, I don't really know what just happened. 
That was the Holy Spirit. And after it happened, I was like, my next prayer was like, Lord, like, like etch that into my heart, etch that into my breath. Let that be how I move, how I go moving forward. The Spirit of Truth can teach you how to live this life. Not just how to go to church, not just how to read your Bible, not just how to study your Bible. Those are great things, but he can teach you how to live this life. Church, I'm, I'm more interested in living this life for the Lord than just having a good church service. I'm more interested in being the godly parent than, than just preaching a good five-point sermon. I'm more interested in being a godly husband than just, just be able to hoop and holler. I want to, I want to have God exuberating, pouring out of my pores when I'm at work. I want to have God pouring out of my pores when I'm driving down the road. I want to have God pouring out of my pores when I'm pumping gas. Not so people can say, oh, look at Lindsay. No, so people can say, hey, I need that. I, I, I need that for my family, sir. Sir, I need that for my life. How did you get it? And I say, hey, I didn't do anything to earn this. I didn't do anything to deserve this. I am the son of an unconditional, loving God. And so are you. You can have what I have. Do you want it? Yes, I want it. Well, come here. Let's pray together and let's receive him into your heart. That's what I want. Somebody asked me, when, you know, what was my goals for our kids? This was years ago. And I said, my goals is just that they have a relationship with the Lord. I said, now, yeah, I fle fleshly, I could be like, yeah, I want to be a doctor. I want them to be a ball player. Or I want them to be a, a NASA engineer. I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, Lord, and that's still my prayer. Lord, I just want Kellen. I just want Keenan. I just want Cohen to have a faithful, thriving relationship with you. Why? Because I know that if they can center their lives in him, if they can anchor their lives in Jesus, everything else will work out. Doesn't mean that they're not going to have hard days. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have hard days. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have hard aches. But it means that you can still remain standing. It means that the bottom won't fall out of the floor that you're standing on. If you've anchored yourself in Jesus, if you've anchored yourself in Jesus, and that's the job of the Holy Spirit. He will remind us of that. I'm going to read verse 26 and 27 in the mirror translation. And I promise we're done. But Paul says this, and, and I, I really want to hone in on it. But he says this in verse 26. The Spirit also sighs within us with words too deep for articulation, assisting us in our prayers when we struggle to know how to pray properly. So therefore, going forward, if you don't know how to pray, allow the Holy Spirit to pray for you, to pray through you. Do not feel embarrassed when we don't know how to pray. Do not feel embarrassed when you don't know how to pray. I'm going to say this again. Do not feel embarrassed when you don't know how to pray. The rest of the scripture says, when we feel restricted in our flesh, he supersedes our clumsy efforts and hits bullseye every time. Hits bullseye every time. Hits bullseye every time. Verse 27, watch this. He who scrutinizes the heart understands the intention of the spirit. The Holy Spirit intercedes for the saints. His intercession is consistent with the blueprint purpose of God. Dave Robinson said it best in his book. He begins to describe this analogy. You know, and it, obviously it's, it's, it's fictional based off of truth, inspired by truth. But he says, imagine, you know, when God's creating the world, imagine a coffee table. So that, that let me know Dave Robinson was a coffee drinker. I'm like, all right, that's probably why me and dad liked him so much. Coffee man. Coffee men recognize coffee men, okay? Real recognize real. But he said, he said this. He said, imagine Papa sitting at a coffee table as he's creating the world. Well, he's not sitting there by himself. He's sitting there with the sun and he's sitting there with the spirit. So when we allow the spirit to, to lead us and guide us and pray through us, he's praying the original blueprints that he heard Papa lay out. The Holy Spirit isn't praying something separate from God. He's not praying something separate from Jesus. No, no, no. Hey, hey, you know what? Take, park it right here. Let me take over. Let me pray the way it's supposed to be. Let me, let me bring into existence the way that Papa wanted it to be. Let me take care of it. Let me take care of it. Why? Because I want to help you. I am the helper. I am the helper. 
Jeremiah said it best in Jeremiah 1.5. He said, I knew you even before I fashioned you in your mother's womb. He was quoting what the Lord said to him and what the Lord says to us. And even Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, you will then in that moment, you will know even as you have always been known, which means God always has known us. He knows us so much better than what we know ourselves. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us, means that he hits the target with an arrow or a javelin. He is not trying to persuade God about us. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit is not trying to persuade God about you. He is not trying to persuade God about you. He is trying to persuade you about God. He's not trying to persuade the Father about you. He is trying to persuade you about the Father. He brings our conversation back to the point that we are sons and daughters of God. We are sons and daughters of God. Lindsay, why do you keep saying that? Why do you keep, why do you keep honing in on that? Because my oldest son understands that there is things that he can do simply because he's, because who his father is. That, he, he, he knows that right off the bat. He knows that there is things that he can do. And a lot of times he'll do something and he'll say, Daddy, did you do that as a kid? I'm like, yeah, I did that. Okay, that's why I like to do that. <laughs> okay, sure. He's, he's, basing off, he's basing who he is off of who his father is. And we got to start doing that. The moment we start doing that, we're not going to fall for the snares of the enemy. We're not going to fall for the traps of the enemy as much. We're not going to, we're going to see through the illusions. We're going to hear the rumors that people are saying, but they're going to go in one ear and out the other. We're going we're gonna to realize that the floor that we're standing on, it is a firm foundation. It is holy ground. Why? Because it's the same ground that he's walking on. Why? Because he's with us. He is in us. Our existence is in him. We live. We move. We have our being in him. And it's the job of the Holy Spirit to remind you of this. But I'm going to say this, church, he's not going to scream it. He's not going to shout it. It's through whispers. So therefore, we have to make the conscious decision. Okay, what areas in my life do I need to turn the volume down so I can hear the whispering of the Spirit? What areas do I, I mean, I would, I would love it to be like it was in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit blows he, a mighty rush of wind into my car. But you know what? God is smart. He knows that he can't do a mighty rush of wind in my car. I'm going to blow all my mail out, and then I'm going to be out later and later. So he's like, you know what? Let me give you the best of both worlds. I'm going to whisper. Why? Because there's, there's something that happens in the searching. Seek him. Seek him. Seek him. Seek him. Now, I'll be honest. This isn't the way I wanted to go. It's the way the Holy Spirit was blowing. I pray you took notes. I pray. And if you didn't, definitely check out the podcast when it comes up tomorrow. Because I told Kelsey, I was like, Kelsey, I don't have any notes. I just have the verses I want to read. There's no notes. So everything that was said today was blown by the Holy Spirit. I pray you received. But also, I pray that you give the Holy Spirit opportunities today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, the rest of your existence. Amen.